up? Here we are with another episode of the Who's Where podcast. I'm your host, Chase Minifield, coming to you live from Lexington, Kentucky. We have on the line today, Max Mellon. What's good, Max? What up, world? Coming to you live from San Diego this week. Had to change it up a little bit. Chase called me early in the morning. That's all right. Yeah, man. He said he wasn't missing this one. He couldn't miss this one. <laughs> so we had uh, <laughs> we got a UVA, the UVA GOAT, man. UVA football GOAT for sure, man. Coach Dex, what's good? What's good, fellas? Long time no see, man. Long yeah. time. So it's going to be a good one for sure. You know, Coach Dex, he uh, was our coach at uh, UVA. He's currently coaching at Penn State. But obviously anybody that knows anything or follows University of Virginia understands number three and, and the dark visor for sure. So, uh, you know, we're excited to to jump on here and talk through everything. How you been, though? Man, I've been good, man. It's been like a, a little whirlwind here the last, you know, four weeks. But it's good. You know, I got the opportunity to go to Penn State. Kind of just came up and West Lafayette, like two days later, hit the ground running. We started practice two weeks ago. So yeah. it's been a whirlwind, man. But it's, it's good, man. It's good. It's good. When you when you started coaching, you think you was going to be coaching this long? Or you thought that it was just going to be like tested out? Uh, what was your thought process after you got out of the league and went right into coaching? Look, fellas, man, like, like I got into it for y'all. Like, really. I, I mean, I like... When I grew up and when your dad was playing, like it was a coach player relationship. It won't, you really want a part of the coach's life per se. I love my coaches. It was just a different day and age, man. And when I when I said, man, I'm gonna decide to coach, I said, man, I want to create a different type of relationship with the player. Like, I know how it is, man. You sitting in that locker room sometime, and you know, the only conversation you have with the coach is. Football, football, football. And most of it is when you're messing it up. So it's like, I want to be able to get into the kid's life, ask him stuff outside football, just make him feel like, man, look, if if this thing ain't going right, I can go talk to coach. And coach will be there, and he he don't always have to have that football hat on. So when I lose that feeling, fellas, I'm going to get out. Because yeah. then, then then my mission is over. Like, I, I, I if I ever start doing kids wrong and – put my goals and and what I'm trying to achieve in front of their goals, I'm going to get out. Point blank. I just get out of it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So after after I had my little short little NFL stand, my dad was like, you need to get into coaching. This is a perfect time. You're going to be young. They like all the young coaches. <laughs> you it all the way to the top. <laughs> you know you told the right thing, man. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> so, so, nah, that's funny. Um, you know, you're from Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, Virginia native through and through. You know, one thing I didn't know, I was just looking at the Wikipedia, that you got drafted to play baseball. I yeah. know that. I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you, do you ever wish that you played baseball? Oh, every day, man. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but first off, everybody lists me from Lynchburg, man. I'm from a place called Forest, Virginia. Oh, okay. But my, my people from Forest, okay. I have to say that because they'll be like, oh, man, you're trying to proclaim this yeah, town. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, I played baseball more than I played football. I mean, I played baseball starting in whenever the season started, late February after basketball season. I played baseball all the way back to August and okay. until right when we walked into football training camp every year, man. So yeah. I played basically, basically, I played baseball more than I played any sport of, of any of them. So, and I love baseball. Obviously, people don't like to watch baseball and stuff like that. But when you play baseball and you understand baseball, yeah. it's a beautiful sport to me. So I always. What position you play? I played center field and shortstop, and I probably pitched six to seven games a year. You know, um, we had a good team. I mean, I was always on good teams. Um, we went to the, the state. We went to the region. I mean, we, we always had good teams. And um, even the summer team I had, I played for a post-American uh, Legion team. We went to the World Series there before I went to college. So I, I, I was around good baseball players, and, and all of them were local kids. And, you know, we just had a good time playing baseball in the summer. I wish I wasn't hard-headed because, you know, um, man, I played baseball. I was what, basketball, baseball, football in high school or whatever. And then it came to that decision. My head coach football, he was like, man, you must not – you don't – you just don't like the game that much. You you know, you're showing up late to football season. And uh, <laughs> if, you get, if you get a couple springs in, we think we can really take off and all that type of stuff. My dad sat me down and said, I think you need to go play this baseball. <laughs> I, think need, I think you need to go play this baseball round. I mean, it was a serious conversation. He sat me down, you know, no TVs on Right. No, no, he said, uh, listen, I need you. I think you need to go play baseball. You don't need to be mess with this football stuff. I done did it already. And this is the this is the route you need to go. So and you did. 
me being hard at it, you know. And uh, you always think you know better. Yeah, just, look, I play a little baseball. Look, look, man, I'm just telling you, man. You when you were a kid, man, why wouldn't you play all the sports? Yeah, like, I, I hate when coach say, man, like you need to stick to this one sport. Like, I think I would have got burnt out of football, man, if I had played it year round. Yeah, and back back then, my my high school head coach, who I love to death. He wanted me to lift year round. I ain't lifting no weights, man. Like, hell no. Nah. <laughs> I'm out here working too, man. My dad had me working landscaping. My uncle had that farm. Man, I'm like, hey, man, no, nah, I ain't lifting no weights. And I wanted to play, though. I wanted to be on different teams. You know, I love playing basketball when it's basketball season. You know, right now we in yeah. the, the, the NCAA tournament. Who in the hell don't want to have a round ball in their hand right now as a kid? Yeah. <laughs> then when the baseball season rolled around, who in the hell didn't want to play baseball when baseball season was going? So I was a seasonal guy. Yeah, and quite frankly, fellas, I think it made me a better athlete. Yeah, I agree, one hundred percent. I don't know why everybody want to be specialist, specialist now. You know what I'm nah. saying? It don't make no sense. But um, yeah, it is what it is. Good to see. Good to see Coach Dex did the three round right and was probably the best at every sport that he played. That's what. That's difficult. You know what I'm saying? So, now when you come up in a small town, though, man, the school ain't was so big. Hell, you ain't got yeah. so many athletes. I, I, <laughs> me, I'm like, and like my high school coach. My high school football coach. I played offense. I called offense and defense. So I had two wristbands on. I had to call the offense because I was a quarterback. Yeah. I was safety on defense. I was the PP on the punt return. I returned punts. I returned the kicks. Like, it makes sense to me. Like, why take this guy off the field if he can make the plays? Like, he ain't going to get tired. He's 18 years old. He's 16 years old. <laughs> 17 years old. I just don't understand it. I mean, I'm like, it's going to be a time when you go to college. And y'all both know. When you went to college, it was specialized. Max, yeah. you was the running back. Mimi, you was yeah. the DP. Like, and every day you did the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. It's going to be a time for that. Your dad, yeah. knows, you go to the league. You know, Frank, no, like, you you in the DP room. That's what you're doing. Like, <laughs> why not, when you got the opportunity as a child, play all the stuff man, and play all the positions? And I don't want to come off the field. I'm in high school. Hell, I don't want to be standing on the sideline doing what? I don't need no rest. Yeah. Nah. How many players did you? How many players did you? Are you um that are you seeing in your recruiting trail now that just play one side of the ball? Oh, a ton, a ton, a ton. Yeah. Like, but but it ain't the kid's fault, man. Yeah. It's, it's coach's fault, or he might get hurt. And look, man, it's just more information, man. Which I think it may maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, but I think it's too much information. Yeah. Y'all yeah. young, man. When you young like that. When do you see these catastrophic injuries happening to young kids, man? You really, in my mind, you don't see, like, the major injuries that happened to me, the major, you know, stuff that's going to knock them out for their career. But everybody's so scared. Like, the quarterback, he can't play on defense because he might hurt him. Then we can't throw the ball or whatever. I'm like, the dude, 15, 16, 17, man, he good, man. Put a little ice on it, rub a little dirt on it. Just he'll be okay, man. He'll be all right. And the real good players, they really don't really take no like Lamar Jackson. He don't really take no square shots, you know. Nah, you got the way. Ain't nobody tackle good anymore anyway. So <laughs> yeah, they weren't tackling on defense. Now nah, everyone played both ways in my high school. That you know that we yeah. quarterback, me, everyone. It's it's yeah, you know, on the field, but you can. Coach though, Hanson was an old school coach. Yeah, that's why I love spending time with him because he saw the game how I saw it when I was growing up, man. So. I mean, times didn't change. The internet didn't change. The recruiting services didn't change. You know, now everybody, everybody's parent scrambling around trying to get that 55K a year scholarship so their kid can get school paid for, which I get. I got three kids. I'm paying for a lot of the schooling. So I get it. I get it. I get it. But at the same time, I think sometimes we're doing kids such a disservice, man, and making it a job before it really has to turn into a job. Y'all know when you go to college, the fun of it is a little bit taken away, man. It ain't less just like you playing and who care about the results. It's it's a result-driven business. Yeah. And definitely when you get to the league, man, you know, hey, man, they get tired of you, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> when they don't think you can keep their pocket lace, they get rid of you and bring somebody else in. Hey, every Tuesday, somebody down there trying out. Somebody oh, trying man. out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so... Hey, I used to be looking out the window, see if that's a dick doing backpedal. <laughs> <laughs> Every Tuesday, man, I'm in my, I know I'm hurt, man. Yeah. I'm like, man, I hope they ain't bring nobody in for me, man. 
I'm hoping, man. Because I ain't doing that for him, really. You know, like, I want the same player. They easily could have found Jimmy Joe off the street that could have replaced me, man. Yeah. That's, that's I was blessed thing. to play the long as I did, man. That's real. I know that um, Coach Grow, because, you know, I was playing wide receiver in DB, and I actually got it. They actually gave me a white jersey or whatever it was a couple weeks over there. I was slam terrible at wide receiver. I was trying to be slam terrible, but uh, I wasn't. <laughs> no. And we knew it because they were like, he want to play DB. Yeah, yeah. We want to try him at wide receiver. I'm young coach, man. Like, I, yeah, you yeah. know, I'm like, and I used to watch you, man. I said, this dude ain't going to bit more play receiver here in Virginia than nothing. He dropping balls, running the wrong route. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, y'all going to put me on defense or we just say, this ain't going to work out at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's the only time I ever see he put out bad tape on purpose, Chase. Hey, man. That was the offense for me, bro. That was I was a slot guy. <laughs> I was a slot guy, man. So uh, yeah, so you come up in Forest. I don't know where Forest at. I have no idea where Forest at. Nah. So if you know where Liberty University at, yep. like I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm in a little town that's probably ten minutes away from there. Okay. That's I mean, it's man. If you there, everybody called that area Lynchburg, but I'm from a. The, the, the county called Bedford County, and I live in Forest, Virginia. Okay. Um, went to a high school called Jefferson Forest. So grew up there, country little town, you know, but it ain't that far from Lynchburg. It ain't it ain't that far. Well, from what I've seen, that you guys was two-time state state champs, something like that? Yeah, we was uh, – football, we won uh, two state championships. I was a runner-up as a sophomore. Yeah. I mean, we went down to Matoka, and I played against my college. One of it ended up being my college teammate, uh, Mo Anderson. And I mean, they had this uh, uh, brick. No, it was it was not a way. So, man, look, we ain't never been nowhere. So mm-hmm. we get on this trailway bus. We go down there. We pull up to the stadium, man, and it's like a prison. They got this brick wall around. Brick, send a brick brick wall around. So we all pop off the bus like we we about to do something. And there's some people standing at the gate. They like, uh, that's a nice bus. Y'all gonna need it to lay down on when y'all get up out of here. Yeah. And they call it the rock, man. We go down there and we score the first, like first play of the game. We score like a 70 yard touchdown. After that, boys, it went down here. They whooped the <laughs> hell out of us. Man. I mean, the lackers, man. 10th grade. Then good. the next two years, man, we went back to back, man. Won it, won it all. So that's what's up. Uh, yeah, we, we was good, man. We had a good team. Was it um, was that was that like the culture out there, or that was the culture that you brought to the, to the area? What was that? Look, man, I hear coach. I can't say I brought that culture, man. I hear my head coach Bob Christmas. He taught me what winning was. Yeah, what it meant that you ain't wrong for wanting to win everything. He taught me really how to compete and be the best, man. And he put high standards on me, man. Yeah, put high standards on my brother because my brother was a quarterback before I was. He made me the quarterback because my brother was the quarterback. Mm-hmm. You can learn the plays faster. You you live with him. And um, <laughs> he just put high standards on us. And look, man, we had like 71 players on a, a 30-man roster wow. in this small town. So, and we had division three players. Like, so we had a hell of a team. And we all had been playing with each other since we were knee high to yeah, a yeah. up. So we just, it's like the perfect storm. When I went to high school, all of us came to the same high school. And it took off, man. It, it really just took off. That's what's saying. We had a great coach. Yeah. Well, I know that you talking about uh, your co- high school coach talking about making you competitive and winning and everything and stuff like that. That's what I. That's what always stood out to me most about Coach Dex. Because you know I come from Kentucky. Uh, I ain't never watched no UVA. You know what I'm saying? But everybody tell me about Coach Dex, Coach Dex, Coach Dex, and just being close to you, being around you, like your comp- your competitiveness. You wanted to win spirit, even on the sidelines. And it's not even in the game. You know what I'm saying? It's not even in the game. But uh, just the, him wanting to win, his competitive spirit, like it seems like it's just refuse to lose. A refuse to lose attitude, a refuse to lose mindset. So, nah, that's one thing that I respect, respect a lot about you. And one thing I picked up from you just being around you 100% that I know if he was in the backfield, it was going to go down 100%. Somebody you want to go to war with. That's what I would see. So, I had tasted winning when I was back there coaching y'all. I had tasted winning, man. Yeah. I had won two high school state championships. I had won the ACC championship at Virginia. Then I had won the damn Super Bowl, man. Like when you done tasted winning, man, I, all I wanted for y'all is to feel that taste of winning big games, playing in big games. And if I don't bring the energy to you 
and show you how much passion I have for it and how much passion I had for y'all playing and the respect I had for you for what y'all doing for me yeah. and representing the program I played for. But how the hell we expect y'all to show up with any energy and passion, man? Yeah. You know? And I know, I, like, I didn't temper down getting over now, fellas. Like, I, but I still got it inside me, man. And, you know, I just love seeing y'all succeed, man, and reaching y'all's goals, man. Because it ain't nothing like standing there and somebody handing you a trophy, man. Yeah. That means something. Yeah. And look, y'all don't know, but y'all starting to find out now as you're getting older. Like, look, man, your legacy left at Virginia. You know, you look back and you're like, man, we had some good years there. And, you know, blah, 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 man. It's it's something that's going to carry with you for the rest of your life, man. Yeah. yeah. Nah, hey, listen, I done see some, I watched some tapes and Coach Dez running on the sideline just as fast as we was on the field. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, one thing I respect. So, what made you even, what made you want to come to University of Virginia? Obviously, you know what I'm saying? You right around the corners and family's close. Uh, what, what was your thought process in deciding to go to University of Virginia? How well was you recruited? Unlike y'all, man, like recruitment was so much different. Man. It was no internet. So, you was getting, now, my head coach was sending VHS tapes out. And look, man, I had quite a few offers. I was a parade All-American. Uh, I'm not uh, a USA Today All-American. Um, number one player in the state of Virginia. But it was still more of a regional recruit. You know, mm-hmm. you know the Penn States, the, the Virginians, the Virginia Techs, the Carolinas, the, you know, maybe Clemson. Clemson at that time, you know. But for me, I already knew I won't go in that far from home. Man. I'm a mama's boy to the day. <laughs> And I wanted my mom and dad to be able to come drive to see me. They ain't got no money. So, like, how do you, I'm going to go somewhere way off. I had never flown on an airplane. So, that was out. I won't, I ain't, I'm like, I can't go to work. You got to fly. Like, um, so, it really basically came down to Virginia, Virginia Tech, North Carolina. Mac Brown was actually the head coach at North Carolina at that point. Okay. And Mac Brown had my daddy and them sold that this was a great place. So, I, that was the first visit I went on. Second visit I went on was Tennessee. I went to Tennessee on a visit. And I got down there, man. I was like, this is way too big for me, man. Like, I ain't seen nothing like it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like nervous. I'm like, oh my God. Like, and that was only four hours away from the home, but it might as well have been 25 hours away from home. It felt like it was that far away. Yeah. So I'm like, nah. So then I ended up taking Virginia Tech and Virginia on back-to-back weekends leading up to signing day. And Virginia Tech was the easy choice for me because I had two high school teammates that signed there the year before. Most of my high school was going to Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. It would have been a real comfortable thing for me. And I love my visit there. I love my visit there. I love Coach Beamer and his staff. So, But when I went to Virginia, man, it was just something about it, man. I mean, I had an awesome time on my visit. Me and Shannon Taylor were roommates. And after night one, so you know how you get there that Friday night, you go eat, then you go out with the boys. Yeah. Night one, we get back to that boy's head, which I had never been in a hotel like that in ever in my life. Me and him look at each other like, no, we coming here, man. We coming here. And next night was great. Sunday, you know, I drove home. I had to sign on that next Wednesday. Yeah. And I told my folks on the way down the road, I'm going to Virginia, man. And so it, it was just something special about the place. And I tell people to this day, and I tell my kids, man, it was the best decision I ever made in my life, man. Ever the best decision. That I had to make, and I made the right one. Yeah. Well, we can't say that. Nothing wrong about that. But uh, <laughs> it definitely worked out. <laughs> How was it when you got to the University of Virginia? Culture shock? Um, you know, what did you study? And how was that oh, portion for you? Yeah. It was hard as hell, man. I, I, like, I, I'm telling you. I was just telling Junior this this morning. I said, I, got, I walked in the locker room, man. And, you know, like, back then, fellas, they made the – the freshmen come in three days prior to the, the basically the varsity coming in. You had three tour day practices by yourself, mm-hmm. just the freshmen. And I mean, they run you like a dog out there. It's like rookie minicamp. Man, look, rookie, right? they got you out there. <laughs> so man, the, the veterans start trickling in. I'm in the locker room and we had this old lineman, man. He was going bald. I called home, I said, mama, I'm up here with grown men. I'm, I mean, I'm scared, <laughs> man. I was like, because different than what the kids go through nowadays, you know, you're on Twitter, you know the guys, you've been in camps with the guys. Yeah. I ain't really know nobody. And I'm like, man, these dudes grown men. And Coach Welsh ain't like this bubbly personality neither now. <laughs> so, and I love him. You know, the Lord rest his soul, man. He was great to me. But 
I mean, he ain't like coming to figure out if you feeling great that day or not. Man, I was scared. Man, I was scared damn shitless, man. To be honest with you, I was I was nervous. But each day it got better and better. And, you know, once we put the pads on and I knew, I'm like, I got something that some of these dudes want. I don't care about my body. I would run it into anything. Mm-hmm. Now, I couldn't bench but 180 one time. I mean... They're using the same boat then. Look at that. They putting the 225 on. You know, they testing us right when we get there. I'm like, don't put the 225 on there. Like, I, I ain't going nowhere near that. <laughs> I put that 180 on there. I hit it one time. That second time, I was like, I'm like, rack it. <laughs> so, so uh, but once we put the pads on and we start playing the game of football, I'm like, okay, this on. Now, most people don't know. My first week there, I, my damn college, I had torn my college in high school and my, my college flipped up in my knee. So it locked up. I had to have surgery like a weekend. So I, I rehab, you know, I was on the scout team that year. Then I come back spring. I'm doing good in the spring. Two weeks then, same injury, man. Same injury. So now everybody looking at you like, this dude injury prone, blah, 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 what it's going to be. But I guess I shown the coaches enough, man that they knew I was going to be a good player. And again, freshman year, I was on all four special teams. My redshirt freshman year, I started on all four special teams. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like a quasi-nickel linebacker, but they ain't called it a nickel. Mm-hmm. And I was the backup safety. I was a backup safety. And I got into the Michigan game, got a sack in the Michigan game. And, you know, back then, man, all the games went on TV, so – Man, I got this sack. I'm about to go crazy. I'm like, everybody at home can see me, man. Big house. I'm like, oh, yeah, man. Um, but two weeks later, Sharper hurts his knee. He, he gets caught in his tone. Mm-hmm. And they called me up to the office like, man, we're going to start you at outside linebacker. And I never forget Coach Lance say, you going to be good? I was 195 pounds. I said, mm-hmm. you said I'm going to start? Oh, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's, and honestly, that's where my career just took off. Just took off. So you start off playing. 12 tackles, 12 tackles, 15 tackles in the three start. So that's where my career took off. I was ready for the, you know, the opportunity. And y'all know as well as I do. Everybody want to play, want to play. And then when they get the opportunity, they either, you got to either poop or get off the pot. Yeah. And yeah. I, I was ready mentally. I was ready, man. So that's how I got started. That's what's up. 12, 12, 15, right out the gate. Yeah, right. <laughs> Look at uh, this. You put me out there. I'm going to make sure you ain't going to take me back out, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Nah. So how, was, uh, how was school part- How was school, school portion of UVA? How was, that, how was that for you? Was that a, oh, a different? Oh, yeah. no, look at me. I was a, I, I, look, I tell my kids, man, I was, a, I was a poor high school student. I was a poor student really growing up. Not, not to nobody's, not, not to my parents' fault. My parents, neither one of them went to college. But as a child, I always struggled with reading. And when you know when you struggle with reading, man, you you get nervous when you start walking in the room, especially when somebody's gonna call on you to read. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we'd be in high school, man. We laughing at each other because dude, like my buddy did, I had a, one of my best friends, he couldn't read work with nickel neither. <laughs> and man, we ducking, trying to read our part. You know how they going down the line, you trying to yeah. read your parts, man. It was like <laughs> you studied you studied your paragraph before. Oh, you ain't no doubt. I don't know what nobody else is saying. I'm studying my little paragraph. Right. Right. But I get the UVA and, and kudos to them, man. And, and Miss Jarvis, Catherine Jarvis, man, like you. They knew that I was gonna need help there, and they gave me the help, man. That's and, and the professors there helped me, you know, supported me. And, you know, I made it through. It won't easy, fellas. I'll tell you that now. It won't easy. That's why I tell kids, man, like, I want a great student. Yeah. You know, but if you go somewhere with your mind made up that you want to do it and, and try to succeed, people going to help you. And if you put the work in, they, you can make it anyway. Yeah. What did you study? No, oh, man, anthropology, man. I, 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 everything else <laughs> made sense to me. So I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so that's one most of the degree, you know, you know, you got like, I hear a lot of the older guys, they got, you know, Tiki was business and I ran into another guy, he was engineering. Uh, so it seemed like y'all was the, the older, the older group was had bigger degrees. We was all social anthropology, psychology in our group. You know what I'm saying? 
Art lives because, you know, the trends, man. Like, back then, man, like, you coming in as a freshman, the dudes passed down what you need to take. What you know yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Y'all got some remnants of what my group was passing down to the guys yeah. before you. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, you're playing with the barber. The barber's very intelligent. I mean, obviously, you know, they own TV. And, yeah, yeah. like, I was like, man, I don't know how y'all do this kind of schoolwork. And it's a sidebar story. Like, so my first roommate on the road was Rondé. Okay. So he the older guy. So he get the, like back then you, you had the one TV, you in the hotel room. So he puts on Dateline. I'm like, Dateline. Hey, <laughs> and he doing schoolwork. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so I'm sitting there watching Dateline, watching him do schoolwork, man. I'm like, and that, you ain't have no... You ain't have the little DVD player. You ain't have no phone. Like, you just had to sit there. I ain't have nothing. I'm just sitting yeah. there watching Dateline. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, I watch Dateline because of that. Wow. I ain't know why. That's crazy. <laughs> I ain't know Because of that, though. <laughs> I'm like, the news? Nah, man. Yeah. That's funny. You started outside linebacker your last three games of your uh, freshman year? Is that right? No. So, I started outside linebacker starting the, the third game of my fresh redshirt freshman season. Okay, and then you went, and they went just left. They left me there for the for the whole season. Okay, so when you go back so to state, the next year. So I'm 195 playing linebacker. The next year I'm 215 playing safety. And George called me and said, "What are you doing?" Man, I was so banged up after that first year at 195, doing all that hitting. Man, I cracked my neck. I had my shoulder. I mean, I was all messed up. I said, "Coach, I can't run." So speed ain't my game. But if I'm going to be slamming myself in these people, I'm getting big. Yeah. <laughs> I'm what y'all gonna do. If I can't do the job, y'all gonna get, y'all ain't going to play me anyway. I'm good. Yeah. Like you, just, you got too big. You got too big. I'm like, I'm good, man. I know what I'm, I know what I'm dealing with now. Uh-uh. Y'all, they, they ain't going to be like that no more, man. So you got the 215 playing safety. Um, you, said, you said the record for tackles your second year, huh? Are you something wrong? I mean, I think I had 98 the first year, 95 the second year. And, you know, I had I ended up with 300 and some tackles at, at UVA. But, you know, you think about who I was who was playing in front of me, man. Yeah. I had Furrier in front of me. I had Sharp in front of me. I had Rayner in front of me. I had Skeet Jones in front of me. The linebackers I had in front of me, not, not even counting the D-line, you had to work for your tackles, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You had to work, man. <laughs> I mean, two of the dudes still in the top five of ta- all-time tackles at the University of Virginia. Yeah. And the first year I was there, Randy Neal, who was the all-time leading tackler there for the longest time, was the Mike linebacker. Okay. I mean, you won't, you won't just getting free tackles yeah. out there. Yeah, you got to go get, you get your work. <laughs> you got to go get <laughs> That's funny. So uh, what's, come, what's some of the memorable – obviously, we know the Florida State play. What's some of the memorable plays that, or some of the plays that you remember that you feel like some of your best – best games or best performances? Because, you know, a lot of people, they talk about, for me, they talk about, like, Miami game. I'm like, that's not one of my favorite games like that, personally. But uh, what's kind of the games that you remember while you was playing at the University of Virginia? Man, it's shocking. Everybody talking about this Florida State game. I can't remember the game until I see it. Yeah. I mean, whether it's CTE, whatever the hell it is I got, like, <laughs> I just remember the night in the electric atmosphere of the game. Yeah. I can't even remember falling into that play, you know, but – like the most memorable play I got in my brain is when I blocked the drop at North Carolina. Okay. So I blocked the dude's drop. Like the punters was dropping the ball and I blocked the drop. Oh, before he, oh, before he, uh, before he, before he, he, he hit his foot. <laughs> That's like the only play I can remember. I'm like, I got a good jump on that one. <laughs> but I told people, man, you know, I told people, I said, the memories I got is just the team, man. Yeah. How we were just so close, man. And every day was like fun, man. Whether we was playing, practicing, or just hanging out with each other, man. It was such a blessing for me to be at UVA at that time, man. And with the guys. I mean, I was fortunate, fellas. I mean, I played with over, it got to be over 100 guys that went to the league, man. Yeah. They had some kind of stint in the league in my five years there. It was unbelievable. And I played with great players, and but they were all great guys, man. All great guys. So, you know, you're All-American in University of Virginia multiple times. You had a chance to leave. Uh, what was that process like? And how was it – what was your decision to come back for? What made you make that decision? Look, most people 
think, you know, like I grew up and my folks didn't have no money, man. So I get in the car, I drive down to see my mom and dad. I'm going to tell them that I'm coming out, right? My dad looks at me and say, because I'm telling him I, I want to do this for y'all, I want to do that for you. He said, listen, it, boy, I take care of your mom. I married her. That's my wife. I take care of your mom. Mm-hmm. Now, you can come out, you can do whatever you want to do, but your money is your money. We not we don't have our hand out. You don't need to give us nothing. If you want to give us something, it's just because you want to give it to us. I'm not looking for your handout. So I, I get back in the car. I'm like, you know what? I really want to stay, you know, because I wasn't really ready to go to the league. And I knew we was going to be good the next year, which we were. We were 92. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love being in college, man. And uh, then I go talk to Coach Wells, which I'm thinking he's going to say, you need to stay. And this is where I gained so much respect for him. And I told people this at his um, memorial, when I spoke at his memorial. I said, when I walked into his office, and I said, Coach, I want to come back and play for you. He said, you need to do what's best for you and your family. I didn't realize you was rated this high, but it's time. If you're ready to go, it's, it's time. And you he, got said he, did, he said he didn't realize you was rated this high? <laughs> he didn't. At that, I mean, you know, like, it won't, like, all over social media. Like, yeah. you had to put in for your grade. Okay. And they would, uh, yeah. the NFL would send you back your grade. And then back back then it was based on could you get insurance and, yeah. you know, and the grade came back high. Yeah. And I just like, you know what? I want to come back. I know we're going to be good. And I want to put the stamp on that I'm the best safety in the country. Yeah. Because at my junior year, it was about four of us clumped together. Donovan Darius. Um, it was a kid out at UCLA. It was uh, – uh, guy up in Syracuse. It was like four of us that was all clumped together. Like you were picking straws on who was going to be the best one. Yeah. And um, I'm like, you know, if I come back, they all leaving. I know I can be the best one then. And, you know, I came back and it was partly because of what the university was to me. It was partly, it was really mainly because of the teammates and the coaching staff I was playing for. And I was just having a good time there, man. Yeah. And my dad relieved, relieved a lot of the pressure of, you know, you know, your folks ain't dependent on that, man, and ain't looking at you for a handout. It, it eased a lot of your pain. Like, I had put that pressure on myself. Yeah. Not knowing my dad won't even, he won't worry about none of that. Yeah. And uh, so it was a combination of all that stuff. And I mean, I mean, look, man, I know it didn't work out the way most people think it should have worked out, but I think God had a plan for me and it worked out just how it should have worked out. Yeah, because I, I think I might look. Obviously, if I'd have got all that money, something would have went wrong, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> the God has seen it. He's like, this boy gonna be a fool out here, man. Like, we need to no, no, no. Let him build it. Let him build it and earn it. And you know, whatever. But I mean, I, I, look, I wouldn't. Do, I wouldn't change none of it. Yeah, change that one thing. So, um, going into your senior year, made decision to come back. You're already a two-time All-American. There's not really much else you can, you know what I'm saying? You versus Virginia, the only thing you can really do now is win a championship. And, uh, you know, there's not much you can do individually. Your individual accolades, you know, the only thing you do is be number one pick in the draft and uh, win a national championship. So so those are really your two goals, right? And then, uh, you know, you get hurt. So do you remember what happened in that play? Because when I got hurt multiple times, I was just like, I don't like watching it. I kind of like, did it? Could I, did, if I did this different, would it turn out different type situation? Uh, do you do you have any memories of that that those that play where you yeah, got I, home? I, I know what happened. So we play at NC State. It's late in the game, and they they catch a ball out towards the sideline below the numbers, mm-hmm. and the dude looked like he's going out of bounds. So I never slow down. I never slow down. So for whatever reason, this time I kind of geared down, and the damn dude cut back in. So I kind of get stuck. They, he coming at me, the corner on his hip coming at me. I'm kind of stuck. My cleats kind of stuck in the ground. And Patrick Kearney running from the stack coming at the, another angle. All three of them land on my knee, man. My cleat was stuck in the ground. Mm. And it blew my knee out. But I tell all the kids I coach, I said, here go my claim to fame. All the plays, all the other stuff. I said, I walked off the field. Walked off. With I got up and I told my mom. When I first started playing football, I never lay on the ground because I knew she would cry and didn't know what was wrong. I stood up 
and I walked off, man. And my knee was like wagging in the wind. <sighs> and it felt like somebody had struck a match and poured gasoline on my knee. It was burning, man. It was burning. Mm. But Maybe yeah, that's that's kind of what happened, man. And it's one time, because I was known for leading with the head, which is terrible, but <laughs> can't do that no more. Can't do that no more. But <laughs> I kind of let up just a second, man, and I got trapped, man. And you know, like I say, man, it's a violent sport. Y'all know it as well as I do. And things happen. But what I didn't have was any regret. I didn't have regret, like I didn't give my all. I didn't have regrets, like I wish I could do this over again. So I'm, I was at peace with it, man. You know, it took a, it took probably a month or two to get at peace with it, but I, I I came to peace with it, man. I really did. When did you really get to the point where you like you realize it's gonna be a long a long recovery? Uh, like you know, you really gotta. Did, did you have any other injuries previously? Well, you had the the surgery a little bit with the uh, men, uh, the, the cartilage yeah. or whatever. Uh, yeah, so I had all had meniscus. I had a labrum. Yeah, you know, nothing major though. I hadn't really never had nothing major. I had cracked my ribs before. You know, nothing major. But when I went into that training room, because I had to stay in the hospital a week, man. They they had to redo my whole knee, three ligaments, hamstring to the bone. I get in that training room, man, and they push it on my knee like day one, and my mama was there. And fellas, my mouth, y'all know my mouth ain't that great anyway. You know I got bad mouth. <laughs> I'm in there cussing the people out, man. I'm throwing stuff, man, and she had to walk out, man. She was like, and I, I'm thinking to myself, man, this is going to be a long road, man. Yeah, It's going to be a long road, but, you know, again, man, the support system I had around me, um, the people that was there, my teammates, they made it a lot easier, and you know, it, I mean, it was hard. It was hard, but, you know, again, I, I was at a basketball game. I was probably like a month or so out of the surgery. And I'm sitting up there in OU Hall. I was sitting up like on the, like, the first, like top of the first little, little bowl area. And a man with no legs come up on his hands up the steps. Mm. And told me, I feel so terrible for what happened to you. And at that moment, I said to myself, I got nothing to be sad about. If this man can come up here on his hands, he had no legs, and tell me he feels sorry for me, I'm like, what? I got a problem if I'm going to soak and I'm going to be able to walk again. I might not be this great player again, but I'll be able to walk and have a normal life. And this man took the time to come up and tell me that. It impacted me, man. It really did. So you're going down this road of recovery. Um, do you do you hire an agent? Like what what is what is what is the the NFL bubble looking like? How are they treating you? Are they you know what I'm saying is is things going downhill from people? Everybody talking to you. Everybody want want to do business with you, or is things pretty much the same um, before the draft and everything? Just like the recruitment of you as an agent. No, no, no. I signed with a uh, Jim Steiner. Okay. Who at that time had Jerry Rice. He, I mean, he was a big time agent. Yeah. Um, the guy I was dealing with from his company was named Ben Dogra, who stood stood by me 100 percent the whole time. Man. They didn't back off of me. They signed me. They sent me to California to try to rehab my knee with the same lady that brought Jerry Rice back in six months. They put me up. They 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 did everything possible to give me a chance. Yeah. And, you know, with the damage done to the knee, man, back then, it, the medicine got in advance so much further. Like, I, that was the first time Doc McHugh had ever done a knee like that. And you imagine that now. Doc McHugh been doctoring. I mean, he studied for three weeks on what to do. Yeah. He brought yes. in two doctors from Florida. You know, my, my, my surgery room, when I had this operation, it, had, it looked like it was 50 people in there. Because people hadn't seen this injury. Yeah. Everybody wanted to see what, what it was going to do, blah, blah, blah. Um, but... Now nah, the agents, they, they the, my agent was great. I still have a relationship with him to this day. Um, they didn't treat me no different. You know, all the teams talked to me. I, I mean, I went to the combine twice because they have a recap recheck at the combine. I couldn't do nothing to either one. Yeah, and I was I basically couldn't walk. I mean, and kudos to Art Modell who drafted me. He called me in the seventh round, Art Modell. So yeah. I know people got their own feelings about it. Your dad might have some kind of feeling about it, you know, because he moved the team, whatever. This man was so good to me, man. He called me on the phone and said, you my pick. And every day I was in Baltimore and he came to the building. He sought me out to see how I was doing. 
So, I mean, my experience with the NFL and how it all went down, it couldn't have been no better. No did better. you um did you did you already have an idea of what was going to go down in the draft? Did you think he was going to get drafted? Um, or what was your thought process leading into the draft? Look, man, you know, you always fool yourself. Like, I saw the first safety was going that yeah, I yeah. saw picked, and I'm like, are y'all kidding me, man? Yeah, <laughs> are y'all kidding? Me? Like, not no discredit to him. Yeah, but and then you just start and watch these rounds go by. You know, then reality starting to set in, man. You damn as goods, man. These, these dudes ain't doing you no favor, like. Yeah, it's a not gonna spend money on a guy that they don't think can end up playing. Yeah, and you know you go through back then it was two days, so you go through the first four rounds, you ain't get picked. I'm I'm sad though. I'm sitting in my house, man. I'm sad though. Yeah. Then the next day you go fifth round, sixth round, and I'm starting to think now I ain't gonna even get drafted. All my life's work gone on one play. Mm-hmm. I end up when Art Modell called me, man. I was so happy, man. I I couldn't I I couldn't tell you, man. And just to have the opportunity to say you got drafted, and you know, obviously you disappointed that you didn't go in the round you thought you was gonna go in. But it is what it is, man. Like I, I it taught you, you know, it humble you. It, it it really thank you. You make you think about, you know, cherishing every moment. Don't take nothing for granted. You know, all that kind of stuff and. Again, man, I, I, I've been blessed to have a good support network, man. You know, my mom and dad was standing there right beside me my whole time, man. And you know how the draft thing is. You got all yeah. your family there. And it's, you know, but don't nobody know the pressure you under. Like, to, it, it ain't like recruiting where you telling the people where you want to go. It's somebody trying to pick you. So, um, I mean, I always had a supportive family. And, you know, all I needed was a chance, man. And I got the chance. So. Tell you what, I watched I watched all them picks. They <laughs> Hey, I watched all them picks, boy. Hey, <laughs> it just sucks that you, you know, you say you watch all these picks and you know, you know, you you people that you got played your entire four years at that at this at the uh at UVA. It's just crazy, you know what it's I'm saying? It's crazy, man. It's crazy. And, and that's like people don't know, man. Like it's a stressful time, man. You watching them picks go. And back then they had a lot longer time frame to pick them. Yeah. Man, it was a long two days, man. Long <laughs> I, two days. I, I ain't watched a draft since. <laughs> hey, dog, I can't, I can't sit there and watch it, man. It's, it's just, it brings back all them feelings back for me that when I was sitting in that chair. Yeah. I feel happy for the guys that get drafted, though. You know, you like, like man, like, it's great. Yeah. But I'm with you, man. Like, it's hard to watch that thing, man. Yeah, I can't do it. And it was three days for me, so you got two days for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah. They basically, you know, you showed up to Baltimore, and, um, you know, you're still rehabbing, right? So what? how do you feel like you're – when do you feel like you – how long was your recovery? And when do you feel like you got to the point where you was like, all right, because, you know, I was hurt coming into to the Redskins. And, you know, my dad – you know, my dad already done did this before. He's like, hey, until you – don't go put no bad tape out don't there. Don't put no bad tape out there, man. <laughs> don't go put no bad tape out there. But, you know, until you say you 100%, you ready to go check the NFL wide receiver, you don't need to go out there on that space. So when do you feel like you was back to a place where you could play and compete at the NFL? How long was that recovery process like in a time frame? I'm still recovering. Still like recovering. I, I got, look, man, I, I won't speed on my game to start off with. So when you lose a little bit of the movement down low, man, yeah. and they, but kudos to them, man. This, this is what they did. They rehabbed me. And that they knew it was going to be a year rehab. I get almost ready to go about, it was about five or six games left in the first season. They activate me. Like, I'm like, <laughs> they activate. They got me my three games that sort of count as a vested year. Yeah. And they IR me. Oh, that's what's up. Mm. At, yeah, that's then that next year, I still want the same player, man. You know, and they tweaked the high practice, only one practice on, a practice off. You know, they did all the stuff that I needed to get me to a game. And I was basically a special teams player and played on some short yardage. Um, and then, you know, I played in two of the playoff games. I didn't play in the Super Bowl. I dressed for the Super Bowl. I didn't play in the Super Bowl. But, I mean, they they they, they did all they could to say, man, we're going to give a guy the best opportunity to perform if he can perform. Yeah. And, you know, after that Super Bowl year, they end up cutting me, which I understood. I mean, you don't understand, but you, I got it. Yeah. Then I go to Cleveland, and I make it all the way through the last cut at Cleveland. And 
then like somebody came on the waiver wire and they they let me go. But I'm at Cleveland and this were, you know, it kind of hit home for me. The GM at the time was uh, Clark. And he was like, man, because I made this play. Like I could flash every now and again and make a play like, oh man, I made this pick. And he was like, man, if it wasn't for that injury. Yeah. You, yeah. you said to yourself like, man, I'm like, yeah, if it wasn't for this injury. But I could only do that one out of every 25 plays, you know what I'm saying? Where I could muster it up. And, but um, I realized that it was about time to move on to the next, uh, the next venture. <laughs> After they brought in, after Washington brought in my man Hosky as a corner when they needed a corner. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah. I said, all right, yeah. They just don't even want me no more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's over. But uh, so when would you when did you decide like, all right, I'm I'm gonna like what was that process like after you got cut from uh Cleveland? Were you still training to, to play in the league? Did you look at doing any of the other small leagues? Or that was like, nah, I can't do that type thing. Uh, and then when did you decide to get into coaching? So I, I, I get cut from Cleveland. I go back to my hometown. Me and my wife, she pregnant with AJ. We stand in a hotel in Lynchburg. 9-11 happened. So I'm like, you know what? While I'm waiting around, while I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do, I went to my high school and started volunteer coaching. I'm on the high school bus. I'm riding to the game. I'm just helping coach out. So midway through that season, I left to go to California to rehab this lady again that I rehab with coming out of college. I'm out there rehabbing. Um, uh, I'm talking to him. I'm doing, you know, I'm out there rehabbing. And I keep having these shooting pains down my back, my leg numb. So I, I trained about five months. I go to the doctor. They say, you got a bulging disc in your back. You got a bulging disc in your back. And I'm like, you know what? It's about time for me to check to check it in, man. And I had already talked to Al Golden and the boys back in Virginia. They were like, Coach Grove looking for dudes that played here that want a GA. Yeah. So I was like, Coach, I said, Coach Grove, can you give me a month? I need a month to figure out what this going on with my back. And once they told me I had a bold in this, I said, you know what? I'm going to retire, and I'm going to go back and, and try to coach at Virginia. And that's how I, I was like, I just had enough, man. Yeah. I had enough. Yeah. And, and during that time, though, I had four trials. Okay. I went, to, I went to Denver. I went to Carolina. I went to Buffalo. And I went to Detroit. I got up at four in the morning to my physical. Six in the morning, I'm getting ready to go into the office and do this physical. I'm sitting in the front office, and the dude walked out and said, man, we, we can't let you work out. You failed the physical. I said, you know what? I'm about <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> you know. So... Well, it, it was one of the deals, man. Well, that's good because, you know, a lot of you see a lot of these players and we talk to them a lot. It's basically like and I was in that space a little bit, but they get caught in years and years, couple of two, three years of not knowing what's next. And they just spin right. their wheels. They're trying out. They're trying out here. They're trying out there. They're working out all day. They're not really making no money. Uh, they're living off what they made, um, but necessarily they're not going in the next direction. Um, so. You know, you being able to make that decision, I see that, you know, you just basically fed up with, with what it was, you know, with what, what was happening with you. And your body wasn't giving you what you wanted to. So, yeah, and look, man, it's hard, man, as an athlete to say, man, it's over. Yeah. And I tell kids this all the time. I mean, if you healthy, I get it. Keep chasing. But at this point, man, I knew I had tapped out the rehab. It won't get no better, man. And, and age catching up with you. And it's just a lot of stuff that, like, and I got tired. I'll be honest with you, man. I got tired. I got tired, man. I, working out eight hours a day and rehabbing and stuff like that. It's like, I need to move forward, man, and try to, I got a family. I can't keep chasing this dream around and put my family at risk, man. Yeah. So um, I made the right move at the exact right time. If I had waited another year, who knows where I would have been at in coaching. Mm -hmm. I had an opportunity to present itself to go back home and, and start my coaching career. and was the best decision I made there, you know? Yeah. So you come back to UVA, uh, coaching, begin your coaching journey, and just tell us about that. How's the how was how's coaching journey been? Uh, obviously, you told us why why you like to coach, um, but is, is it what you expected? Uh, is it more than you expected? Is it less than you expected? Like, what have you run into as a coach that uh, we may not know? Coaching been great, man. I mean, I've been um, 
I've been so blessed, man, to be around. Like Al Grove, man, been so good to me, man. He taught me how to coach. Fellas, I go back coaching y'all, man. I didn't, I, I coached the running backs as my first full-time job. Y'all know I hadn't played running back since Little League. Yeah. <laughs> so I this man, give me this job and say, I'm going to teach you. Look, hey, look here. I'm going to teach you what to do, X and O-wise. Yeah. He said, all I want you to do is put your personality on these kids. I want you to put your personality, your work ethic on. Yeah. I'll teach you all the rest. He didn't micromanage me. He let me grow. He he guided me in ways where, you know, like some dudes been, oh man, what the hell do you, he just tell, he, he treated me like I was his own son. Yeah. And to this day, any move I make, he the first one, the first calls I make, coach, what do you think? I talked to him just the other day, man. Like, um, I have so much uh, respect and love for coach, man, that I don't care what nobody else saying about him, whatever they want to say about him. For me, I'm in this seat because of what he gave me and the opportunity he gave me. Um, it just, I mean, you, it's a work in progress, man. You know, you learn, you, you know, like for me, it's more about the relationships you build. You learn the X's and O's, you know, you know how it is, fellas. Sometimes we in there, we just giving y'all coach talk. You can't really do that. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. in the meeting. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there like, and at first I was doing running back. So I'm thinking to myself, like, what if, you know, I'm doing the footwork myself. I'm like, do that feel right? Like, you know, <laughs> like, you, you know what I'm saying? Am I asking this dude to do something that he really can't do? Or, and, uh, the, the one of the, the, the things he told me when I was coaching running backs, though, like everybody in there telling you, man, you need to tell the dude this, this. So he leans over to me. He said, don't tell him all that. Don't tell him all that. He said, ain't none of these guys play running back. He hmm. said, if the guy make enough of the wrong cuts, you know, he ain't the back for us. Yeah. Let the guy run the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, when he said that, that made perfect sense to me. Hey. And ever since then, I took that, took that approach to coaching. Yeah. If a guy good, let him be good. Teach him yeah. the plays and let him be good. Don't make him a square because you you had a clinic and trying to teach him all this clinic talk. You know, yeah. so this is my last question. Hey, that, do you do yeah. you ever want to go to the NFL and coach, or you just wanted to do the college level with the kids? Right, right now, man, is I love the kid element. Like, look, I'm looking at y'all right now, man. And I would like to think that I had a piece of developing you into the men y'all are. Yeah. You know, I like that piece, man. I like that piece. And it it, it ain't a business per se. Mm-hmm. Like, I can still see the growth of y'all, obviously, with your football, but I can see the growth of you as a socially. I can see the growth of you as, as men. Like, I, I like to see that growth. I like that connection that we have playing a coach in college. Um, I think it'll be a time that I, I want to go to the pros. Um, but right now, man, I just, I enjoy the kids, man. I enjoy just the aspect of watching a guy come in as a freshman and watching him leave as a senior and maybe the impact I didn't had on him in his life. Yeah. And I ain't saying I'm the best coach, you know, but I think at the end of the day, if that kid can say, man, I know coach there for me, Y'all, whatever now, in your 30s. Like, y'all know y'all can pick the phone up and say, man, if I need something, coach will be there for me. So that's the piece I like. Um, um, but, you know, I didn't have opportunities to go to the league. I just, it just don't fit me right now. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. I know there's a bunch of, a uh, bunch of DB coaches up there don't know what they're doing. Let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Max, what you got, man? Oh, man. I want to know, man, is the recruiting different now? Because, you know, I, I still keep in touch with Hanson, and he was just, with all the internet and stuff, he's saying basically every kid has their own highlight tape, and they just send it over to y'all. Yeah, look, man, the recruiting different <laughs> now because it is the internet, um, the social media, the everybody recruiting everybody now. It's more everybody a national recruit now because of, all you got to do is click a button. I can see somebody in Alaska if I really wanted to see him. Yeah. Um, and the parents more involved and the money at stake because the college is getting so expensive and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, man, I try to get on the right kid, man, the right kid. Like every kid ain't the right fit for the places I've been. And if you ain't the right fit, why well, I'm going to come in and you're going to be in the transfer portal in a year, you know? So I still, I got a lot of old school ways about me when it come down to recruiting in, in that aspect. I tell kids, man, you, you picking a school off who sends you the best graphic. How, how, how dumb is that, man? 
How yeah. damn dumb is that? You you think because they got a damn creative artist that can put your little face into a graphic and you think it's gonna be all peaches and cream? That's a dumbass reason to <laughs> pick a school, or or the or them taking pictures on the visit. Yeah, like, yeah. like but it's more so the piece I get now is is more so to pump their own self up and brand their own self. Which I, I mean, look, man, I gotta get I gotta get out of the stage of that I'm 44 and I, I didn't grow up in that era. I got kids though, so I get it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, man, you need to find a place that best fits you so you can get all your goals out of the school. Don't don't say I want to come. I love education and you really don't love education. So you should go to a school that don't put that much emphasis on education. You know, I mean, I like, look, it's all good. Like, be truthful to yourself. Yeah. Be truthful to the people you, you you talking to, you know, so. Um, don't nobody really want to work no more. Neither though, you know, they want everything got to be given. You know, and it's mm-hmm. probably the coaches, the way we recruit them. And, you know, everybody assumed that, like, you recruit them, you're going to come in and start as a freshman. Like, you do know, if you didn't come in, it's, it's people on the roster, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's guys here that's working to try to win the job, too. Yeah. You know, and why would I, if I tell you something in recruiting, you got to assume that I'm telling the next dude the same thing the next year. You know, like, oh, you the right. best. It's like, break. Like, like, hold up, man, hold up. Hey, this is a question just came in my head. Who was the backup outside linebacker that you got put in front? <laughs> huh? Who's the backup outside linebacker that you got put in front of from safety? Oh, I've been hot. I've been hot, bro. <laughs> hey, look, man. I'm telling you, that spring before I got hurt the second time, yeah. they was messing around with because we never ran nickel. Yeah. But they yeah, wanted yeah. to put a more athletic kind of guy in there. Okay. So I just, I kind of like flashed to him. So I, mm-hmm. I can't really, I don't really know, but yeah, it's kind of problems. Hey, hey man. You know, uh, there's a couple, there's a couple, hey, people hate when new freshmen come in, they go right in front of a senior. You know, I know a guy, <laughs> I know a guy that happened to, man, he's still tight about that. Hey, look, man. But I'm telling you, now George Welsh, I came in, number one player in the state of Virginia. Yeah. I was fourth in line. In one of the safety line, and the other freshman was the fourth in line at the other safety position. Yeah, you won't you you won't go in front of nobody. Hey, that's how Coach Grow was too. Sure. Yeah, you earn your way up the peg though. But he taught me something though, man. Mm. Like you earn your way up the peg. Guys mm. here working now. If you just better, the guy gonna see it and they'll know, and yeah. it'll be your time to play. But if you not, just because based on what you did in high school, how you will come in and be the starter? Like that ain't that don't even make sense. I won't ready to be the starter. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel that you've had to change your coaching or, or ever will? Just, you know, nowadays those spotlights on like, you can't really coach how the old school coach used to be. You know what I'm saying? When I first came to Virginia, that was the first time I'd never got cussed out. I mean, that you done been in my high school. Hanson was, he let yeah. me do whatever I wanted to do. So it was like, but with you, I always felt like it was, man, you didn't want to let, you don't want to let Coach Dex down, man. And, and when you came with that passion, it was really like you were trying to coach us and make us better. But, you know, nowadays a lot of parents don't see it like that. Do you ever feel like you might have changed your ways or, or you've had to tone it down a little bit? No, because I, 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 look, man, I'm never, and y'all know me, man. I'm never going to attack you as a yeah. person. I attack your action and I attack, like, when I, like, could y'all telling me what you want out of it? I want to start coach. I want to be great coach. Like, don't tell me that if you don't want me to coach you like that. Yeah. So, what I do is I ask all the kids, man, what, what do you want out of this? What do you want me to give you? And I, I, Give them what exactly what they want. And, you know, most of them, I want to be great coach. Okay, I'm a coach to be great. But I think the piece I've always been able to do is I never carry off the field. Mm. Like, once we lead the lines, look, man, we lead the lines. I'm a coach yeah. in a meeting, but I'm not going to try to demean you. I'm not – look, I know it, man. I've been there. I've been there. Like, it's hard, man. Like, you, you're trying to do the best for the coach, and sometimes it just ain't good enough. But at the same time – I think a lot of coaches nowadays forget that they used to be y'all's age. And everybody thought they was All-American right away. Like, it's still a development period, man. Y'all, you come there, you 17, 18 years old, man. Like, you ain't ready to be great right yet. I mean, some guys are, but you still going to make mistakes. And we just got to coach you through it. And But I think it's all about building a relationship with the kid, though. Like, I got pushing Minnie's buttons going to be different than pushing Max buttons. And me as the coach need to learn that. I can't coach y'all all the same. I can teach y'all all the same stuff. But 
I mean, I was at Purdue. I had a safety that I, I was yelling at as soon as I got there. He, he got worse as I yelled at him. So I had to self-evaluate. So I, then I just started talking to him. Like, hey, man, you, you see? And the kid got better and better and better and better. Ended up starting for three years for me there. Because I had to change how I was talking to him. Then I had another one that I had to, I had to ask Rip constantly to get him to do anything. He needed it. He wanted it. He didn't understand it no other way. So I think you, you learn the kid and learn what they need. And then you coach them accordingly. Not that you coaching them different, but look, what, what good does it do if I'm yelling at you and you, I'm not getting the result that everybody wants? You playing great. You feeling good about yourself. You helping the team win. And, but I'm, I'm just going to be, I'm, I am who I am. You know what I'm saying? It's like, as if you don't know how I am. I, a few things will change, man. My passion for the game, my passion for you, my passion to win. And, you know, and I'm going to always respect you. I'm not going to call you something outside your name, man. You, you don't deserve that. I don't want nobody to call my son outside their name. But I want him to coach him. I want him to coach him to, to try to get the best out of him. How is it with raising your, your, the kids, the family? I mean, obviously, we've always we seen Dex, little Dex coming up through there, AJ. We've seen Chloe all the time. Like, how was it, you know, obviously, this so demanding time recruiting, um, different cities, different places, all those different type of things. How was that? And also, you know, being dad back home. How, how was that? Affected? It's a balancing act. And early on in my career, fellas, I got to be honest with you, I didn't have a good balancing act. You know, you're trying to get in. You're trying to do a good job the hours and stuff, but it all start with you, with who you marry, man. My wife was on board with it. Mm-hmm. And my wife did a great job of making sure the kids were accessible, you know, bringing them to me when, when it was time to bring them to me, you know, making sure I stayed intact with all their stuff. Um, Kim just did a great job with that, man. And, you know, it was a learning experience for both of us, man. When I first married her, I was playing in the league. Yeah, I was at home all the time. Yeah, and I mean, within a year, I went at home none. She got two little babies running around like, and um, luckily we was back in my near my parents, and then her parents eventually moved to Charlottesville, so we had a good support network there. But it's hard, man. But at the end of the day, man, I got one family. So yeah. when, when when everybody get tired of me and say I can't coach, which y'all know it's gonna happen, like they say I can't coach with a nickel. They're going to be the ones standing there still loving me for who I am. Yeah. So I don't ever forget that. And, you know, I want to do a good job for people. But my family come first, man. They yeah. come first. And um, I always try to keep that that aspect and, 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 and that clarity. And my wife do a great job of helping me keep that, man. And I just want the best for them. You know, now I got Morocco graduating college. He's graduating UConn this year. You know, where did, where did the time go? AJ in college, where did the time go? Chloe Ben in ninth grade, where did the time go? Like it's, so you start to look at it like, man, look, my kids get older, I'm getting older. I still like to think I'm the 24 year old guy that started coaching years ago, but in reality, man, hey, I'm 44 now. Yeah, 20 I'm talking years players that I coached that I thought would, y'all still kids to me. Like, I'm like, these dudes grown men now. <laughs> 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 no kids anymore. <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, that's 20 years, 20 years in on the coaching game. So, 20 years in, man. 20 years in, man. So that's but you got to try to keep that. You got to keep that balance, though, man. And it's hard sometimes. But, you know, but if, if you in it for the right reasons, man, to me, it's easy to keep the balance. You know, it's certain things that my wife and kids know that I have to do. But it's certain things they know that come with me being a coach. You, yeah. you get to go to big time stadium like. For the first six years of uh, Moroccan AJ's, you know, early on, they thought Santa Claus came down an elevator. We was always in a hotel <laughs> room at a bowl game. <laughs> hey, got to get there. <laughs> but the year we didn't go to the bowl, they were so disappointed. Like, we ain't going to the bowl game this year. I'm like, nah, man. Like, they were crushed. They didn't want to be at home for Christmas. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, it's some give and take, man. There's some things they get that other, you know, that other kids don't get exposed to. But, you know, the whole family involved. It's a, it, me coaching, it's, it's like a whole family deal now, man. Yep, sounds good. Um, so, yeah, what about the UVA network? 
So, you know, we come to UVA, we sold on UVA when we get recruited, at least I was. I think Max was too, most of them. But, you know, it's coming to UVA and you get everything that goes with UVA. You know what I'm saying? You get the alumni, you get um, all the people that, you know, got businesses and corporate. I don't know I've been introduced to a lot of people here recently in like real estate and stuff like that, that are all UVA alumni. They know know me. I, I'm, I'm getting to know them, but they know who I am before I even talk to them type situation. Um, how has that been for you? And have you been able to tap into like a network of University of Virginia people that have been able to help you uh, with whatever you're trying to do? Look, man, so I go to UConn. It's UVA people there. They yeah. reach out. I go to Purdue, which I'm thinking, it was a professor on campus that graduated from UVA. Okay. That was like, hey, man, I can't believe you here. I'm a big hoop fan. <laughs> Actually, the doctor, they... Yeah, man, look, that network is real. And what student athletes got to do is they got to use the network. They don't even really know all the resources they have available to them. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you know how it is, man. You play, you don't really want to... But, man, like, it's it's a real deal, man. You 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 reach out to a UVA alum, and they know you're a UVA alum. And actually, if you, they know you play ball, man, it's, it's like, man, what can we do? What How can we help? What, you know, so it's a real deal, man. And yeah. I just think, especially as young brothers, man, we have to use it more. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not really been exposed to that growing up and networking and stuff like that. But that's why I tell kids, when you're on these campuses, man, Quit just hanging around the football players, man. You got to go and meet different people in all facets of life. And you have the platform just because of what you do. But show them that you're a real person. Show them that you're a good guy. Show them that you, you know, and it'll open up a, th- a million doors for you, man. A million yeah. doors. Now, that's one thing that we've been preaching because Max, I'd say Max did it the best. Max, yeah. is out here, you know, so he was with everybody. <laughs> Me, I probably did the worst. I'm just playing football. That's basically it. Right. <laughs> you know right. Uh, so yeah, no, nah, Aunt Harris, I respect what Aaron Harris. He was out there. He was in front of everybody. He's well, well respected name, things of that nature. So that's good to hear. Max, you got anything? But I'm about to close it out if you don't have anything else. Nah, that's good to go. Thanks, man. We appreciate you. We appreciate you jumping on here, taking time to do this. Uh, you know, it's a story that I wanted to get out for sure. And make sure people understand because you just see the you just see the Florida State play, but I think there's a lot of other things behind it, you know, that you that you that a lot of athletes can learn from, a lot of student athletes can learn from, individuals can learn from in general. So I appreciate it, man. I look, man, it's always good catching up with y'all, man. And you know, again, this is why I do it though. Like for two guys that I coached years ago, now it seemed like like years ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> still want to talk to old coach and and hear you know something I got to say. It it it, it mean a lot, man. And and that's why I really wanted to do it. You know, I wanted to do it for y'all. Not, not for nothing else. I, look, I didn't had enough pub, man. I'm good. <laughs> I, I, I'm good to being in the background. But, you know, anything y'all ever need, man, just call me, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Dex. We'll highlight you guys next week. This is Who's Where's Podcast. We out.